listening to A to the K. 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 Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. Hello again, everyone. You're here with another week of A to the K's Wrestle Talk Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things wrestling, if the title didn't give it away. <laughs> I am here with the ballsy badass himself. It's That's Carl. Him. And obviously, I am the definition of technician. It's me. He is. He is. And you know, thanks, Anthony. It's been a historical week. Joe Biden is the new president of the United States. And so I think for this week's episode, we felt it only fitting to do our own address for all of our amazing listeners to let them know just exactly what they can expect from our show. So my fellow podcast listeners, listeners even, this past week, we were informed that Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and other streaming services are drawing the line on standards and practices as it relates to A to the K programming. In the future, we need to be careful with what we do and what we don't do. Therefore, the following is the standards and practices A to the K promises to adhere to. If you're listening to our podcast from 9am, 9am, shit. If you're listening to our podcast from, damn it. If you're listening to our podcast from 9 to 10pm, we'll only use the words ass, damn, and hell. We will, however, never use the words shit, fuck, goddamn, Jesus Christ, Jim Cornette, or any other racial or sexual. From the 10 to 11pm hour, we will only use the words ass, damn, hell, and bitch. We'll, however, never use the words shit, fuck, freak, cunt, or Jeff Hardy. And as it pertains to YouTube, there'll be less dick references. Yeah. Ah, shit. Hey, watch your fucking mouth. Well, fuck me. God damn it. So, anyway, thank you for your understanding. Let's get on with the fucking show. Jeff Hardy is a cunt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a savage ending. I'm sorry, Jeff. I actually don't really have anything against you. I mean it. And also, you may notice we are wearing T-shirts that spawn whiskey and wrestling, which you can purchase now if you go via a to the k.co.uk and click on shop. However, Anthony's drinking a beer and I'm drinking wine. But the sentiment is still in the first true. part already. You know what I'm saying? It's still wrestling, and whiskey is still good. <laughs> but our whiskey intake has dramatically increased, <laughs> making this podcast. Yes, it has. <clears throat> so, as always, guys, we have coming up for you the ringside reports in which we will talk about all the news and rumours that have cropped up this week. We'll be covering This Week in Wrestling, covering the four big shows, Raw, NXT, Dynamite, and the other one. And then we'll be covering the this week's pay-per-view, Full Gear. Um, AEW, for those who are like, what the fuck's that? Um, so, obviously, an extended one this week. Um, so we'll bring you something a bit more unique next week. But, um, I mean, Full Gear is definitely a major talking point, Carl, so we couldn't exactly gloss up. Oh, no, I'm excited. We're going to give it the attention it deserves. Oh, yeah. But before all of that, and yes, I did decide to not drink because I'm going to do the headlines. <laughs> For all of that, here's the news. So coming up tonight in the ringside report, Carl, we have uh, Matt Jackson, Jackson, Matt Jackson being injured going into full gear. Um, so that will provide a little bit more detail on on potentially the some of the reasons for the decisions made in full gear. Um, we have Cody offering his opinion on the lack of build for the likes of Nia Rose versus uh, Karushida and I think women's matches in general at the moment. We have Chris Jericho taking some backlash for his tweets during the election. We have the reason that Mercedes Martinez is no longer being part of Retribution. We have Paige accusing Alberto Del Rio of physical abuse. Uh, sadly, Paige making the headlines twice this week. We have Paige's stalker being arrested at her home. 
we have Dolph Ziggler and Ryan Ryback Reeves. That, that feels Reeves. right. Reeves, yeah. uh, <laughs> right back. Uh, having a little Twitter spat, but uh, let's give it some attention, shall we? <laughs> we have uh, Serena Deeb talking the future of AEW and NWA's partnership. We have Tony Khan talking on the future of Hurricane and Gangrel in AEW. We have AEW Games hosting a YouTube event on Tuesday. What could this mean? We have Vince McMahon changing his mind on the Peyton Royce singles push. Fairly obvious at this point, but we're Vince talking about it anyway. What? Yeah. <laughs> we have AW announcing some big events in December and January. We have Thunder Rosa and Jazz uh, opening a dojo for women's wrestlers. And we have a former WWE wrestler set to return at Survivor Series for Undertaker's retirement. All that coming up right now. <laughs> so, Carl, one of the main things we noticed in Full Gear, and we will talk about mm. it a little bit more, um, was the, I suppose, the, the lack of actual match for the tag team titles. Now, the reason that this has likely been the case and the reason that we probably didn't get the match I think any of us wanted or this actual feud deserved is the fact that uh, Matt Jackson is um, currently dealing with a partially torn MCL uh, and apparently a thinning of the ACL. Um, So basically his leg's pretty fucked up. So um, (laughs) I'm no doctor. (laughs) His leg's fucking uh, fucked up. But no, basically his shit's all fucked up and uh, and they need to get that unfucked. But um, yeah, so it seems that uh, this might be the reason that they've had to book the whole feud and match the way it went. Me and Carl, uh, mostly Carl, have mentioned over the last few weeks that the, the build-up hadn't really been what it deserved. I think FTR uh, were in the news last week for mentioning the fact that they didn't feel the build-up had been uh, done as it should be. The match itself, which we will go on to, and was by no, no means a bad match, it wasn't a... Wasn't the I suppose the exhibition we expected from from these two sets of teams, um, and I think this is essentially largely down to the fact that he is still dealing with this injury, and they have tried to sort of write it into the story. But in some ways, I mean, do you think this was a bad idea trying to go ahead with the match anyway, or do you think we will see a rematch? So it's it's not that big a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these these injuries are not small things. Like if you do your ACL, um, you are pretty much done for. A while, so the fact well, that am I right in saying um, wasn't it ACL for Chris Statlander, who's been out for like eight yeah. months? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's got a, like a recovery time anywhere from I think like nine months to fucking eighteen months, basically. So depending on how bad it is. So and um, so, so people one. have an idea of how recent. I mean, this injury was apparently sustained in a, in a, the Falls Count Anywhere match he had uh, back in July with the Butcher and the Blade. Mm. So you know, he's been suffering with it for a bit, but by no means long enough to be recovered. No, definitely not. Um, and you know. Even in that time, he has been not featured consistently in matches, but he has had matches as well. Mm. Um, so it's not like he's just been resting up the whole time either. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it For me, it was evident in the match that he was struggling. Um, and I think they tried to do something where quite clever, really, where they played off his injury against um, a potential injury to one of the guys in FTR as well to kind of have that mm. contrast. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's worrying for them, especially, you know, Spoilers uh, for anyone who doesn't want to know the results of the match uh, at full gear. You know, cover your yeah, really interesting decision. Um, but yeah, so Young Bucks actually won, um, and they are now the tag champs. But obviously, if he if he does have these injuries, what what will that mean? You know, uh, I don't think anyone really knows at the minute. So it seems yeah. like an interesting decision if he has got to take some time off. I mean, it's ironic, really, that they called the pay per view full gear because he was clearly in second gear for most of it. <laughs> 
That is that, that jokes for days. <laughs> that's that's gonna be a t-shirt. We <laughs> that jokes for days. <laughs> so uh, I think the next one's you, Carl. Yes. So um, the next one, interesting. So Cody basically was interviewed recently um, around the build or lack thereof um, for the contest between Nala Rose and Hikaru Shida um, at Full Gear. Um, and Anthony, you know, you've already alluded to the fact we've spoken a number of times around the lack of build for quite a lot of these matches, but this one seems to have quite a heavy skew towards, you know, the women's division in, in AEW and a lot of people feeling like it's underrepresented. Underrepresented? Is that right? Underrepresented. That right. Yeah. I'm going with it. Why am I even questioning myself? Yeah. Underrepresented. Right? Um, so, <laughs> so it seems to have quite a heavy skew on it around that match, but ultimately... The fans are not necessarily super happy around the build of some of the matches. Um, and so the question was posed to Cody and it was, a, it was a weird response, if I'm honest, because he basically came back and said, well, do you know what? Um, I'm not disappointed about the build because the fact is, you know, fans are being conditioned now to think that every match is going to start with like some sort of weird invisible camera, someone's in catering, someone steals a piece of cake and all of a sudden this storyline happens. And it's like sometimes you know, these two wrestlers are just going to fight each other and we don't need to have war and peace. And it's like, you know, yeah, okay, I get that. But at the same time, and do you know what? Like this interview made me, made me question myself a bit because I've been quite critical of the build for some of the matches at AEW. For me, Sheeta and Rose had no build, but I wasn't that as bothered about it. I was more bothered around the lack of build for Young Bucks and FTR and the lack of build for Kenny and... Um, page like those are the ones that I felt deserved a shitload more build that's not slighting on you know Sheeta or Rose but it was just a that one didn't necessarily need the build so I kind of see where Cody's coming from but at the same time I was quite pissed off by this and thinking about it you know why because WWE sometimes don't even fucking announce the matches for the pay-per-view until the night off and they've got no build do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, well, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit biased by the, by my expectations for AEW. But see, I I honestly I don't. I th- you you may have different expectations. I think it's actually fair to say you do. I think the I think the the mentality comes from the fact that like the matches you cited being um, Omega and Page, uh, FTR versus Young Bucks. These are things that have been hinted at for so long that it's in our minds. We want it and we want to build. Do you know what I mean? And we want the hype and we've seen it work really well for other things. And I think that's probably why we weren't sat there. Like, why isn't there any builds? Like, why we weren't bothered about the Nyla, the Kairi's Hida one. It's not, a, it's not a gender thing or anything along that line. It's the fact that they hadn't really built anything up, like, at all. Like, at least with the others, there was a hint of something, but we never got everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is more like, didn't even, didn't even see that coming. Didn't know it was going to be a thing. Uh, more more of a WWE standard approach. Um and I think that's probably why it wasn't as, as bothersome. And I can kind of get on board with the comments made in that sense of like, not everything has to be built up in a big feud, but um, it does open them to criticism when, you know, the one that they did that with just happens to be the only women's match. Oh, sorry. Only a W women's match. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's fair that the, I don't even think they deny that they need to work on the women's division. Um, I feel sorry for them in some senses as well, because they were plagued by, uh, obviously they were using a lot of um, Japanese wrestlers. Um, I don't know if they were from New Japan or, or whichever, like part of that relationship or whichever, but there were certainly plagued with a lot of like their veterans and a lot of their bigger stars and more seasoned women's wrestlers suddenly couldn't travel and then therefore couldn't be in Jacksonville. 
So what do you do? Because mo- like all due respect to the women's division, most of them are green. Yeah. Um, no, I do. I don't know. It's I do get it because this one did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. But at the same time, it did. It didn't because Nyla was the only one who, based on because like they booked Sheeta to the moon. She's beaten yeah. everybody. Do you know what I mean? It was like she's the only one who you know could pose a threat to Sheeta at this moment in time. Um, so for me, it didn't necessarily need that level of, of booking. So I do get it a bit. Yeah, the thing, the thing that seems she's weird, the logical threat. Yeah, yeah, but like the thing that seems weird to me is Cody being like, "Oh, you're being conditioned," and like trying to turn it into like a WWE thing. And I just, I just, it doesn't make sense here because WWE aren't even that good at doing long, like long term storytelling. So I to be honest, that's like a it, unnecessary. That's the shot. funny thing, like with Cody's comments, is like. We're being conditioned by you guys, not the WWE. Oh, exactly. In all fairness, like yeah. we're used to this with AEW. This is all we've had. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think yeah. For me, I had less of a problem with the build to the women's match than I did some of the others. But I feel like you know, in fairness as well, like AEW have had a much tighter turnaround between pay per views than they probably normally would have because mm. they kind of only operate every like you know, four or five months, don't you, in, t- in terms of, uh, of, like, a pay-per-view level. But I think the last one was, like, what, two or three months ago? So It wasn't that long. Like, this is weird because, like, the gap between those two mm. is much shorter. And now I think the next one's February. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they've probably struggled to actually fit all of, you know, because they've got a massive roster as well. And oh, they've yeah. only got one, like, prominent, like, obviously, Dark is fantastic. And we've already said, and we will hold our hands up, we don't watch it enough, and it's because we just don't have the time. That's but, the thing. Annoyingly, I love the concept, and, and mm. people rag on it, like like equating it. like they're, they're trying to raise the status of an internet medium, and I think that's yeah. a really good idea. I think that's a mm. solid idea. Like, Look at the likes of um, NWA, and um, I think... Uh, MLW have just done the same where they you know they 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 are internet based it's all about streaming and um you know that that is it, kind of the future so why not get yourself established there and have a show that is purely internet it's like i mentioned the other day that um Cardona's title would have worked perfectly for uh dark being a, a title that you own on dark but um I, you know it, it it's looked at as like a lesser thing like watching sunday night heat or something like that and it really shouldn't be because there's a lot of talent on there a lot of people you don't see regularly on dynamite not because they don't deserve it but you're quite right there's a fucking big roster yeah and i think it's it's like a mix as well i think to be honest we're we're spoiled you know as podcasters who have got access to all the shows and mm. you know, because of like time constraints we have to report on the big four and we call them big four because that's what they are. Like, That's would we love to spend time watching NWA? Of course. Would we love to spend the time watching fucking New Japan and everything like that? Obviously, you know, but we just yeah. we can't do it. And I think... And that's the thing. Know, and at the end of the day, like, even TNA isn't drawing ratings. Like, yeah. not the same way. So, no. you, like you say, they are the big four by rights. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I do feel a bit guilty because I would love to support Dark more mm. because it's on YouTube. It's freely accessible. Anyone can watch it. And, you know, there was times in in my life growing up where we didn't have that much money and we didn't have sky, we didn't have anything. And yeah. like, I, like there was, there was a period in time I was cut off from wrestling for a year, maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that, where we just didn't have a way to watch it. So it's mm-hmm. like, because, you know, yeah, it's cause the only, show. the only people available in the UK were, yeah. or televised anyway, were WWE and WWE yeah. were always behind a paywall. No exactly. two ways about it. Exactly. You know, so for someone who like grew up on, on like a, a poorer kind of like side of the scale, 
to have something freely accessible on YouTube that you can get behind and see some of these big stars on there. Cause it, you know, it's not just like enhancement talent. There is main, like main event stars are on dark as well. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's like, like purely from the fact that we just don't have time in the day to actually watch the four shows, let alone anything else. There's no main reason we don't watch it. But And, and seriously, like as dark, like again, it's another thing they seem to get ragged for, but I don't know why they, they don't, they're not working to a limit. So like, I think their last card had like 15 matches on it. Because <laughs> they can, because it's YouTube and you can go on and watch it whenever the fuck you want. And that's the funny thing is people who try and rag it are like, oh, when people call Raw for being a three hour show, it's like, yeah, three hour show with hardly any matches on it. That is like, it's on and then you have to watch it sort of thing. I don't know. There's, there's less, you feel less compelled to, to feel like you have to watch the whole show when it's not televised. You know what I mean? It's on YouTube. I'll go back to it. Okay. Yeah. I haven't finished watching NWA. <laughs> yeah. Um, but slight tangents, but again, all around the same principles. <laughs> so yeah, um, in terms of Cody's comments, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just think, I, I get it, but at the same time, I think his comparison was maybe a little bit off in terms of trying to make the WWE comparison because they're not exactly the best at yeah. fucking one I think, sadly, and I hate to say it because I kind of want him to rise above, but he clearly hasn't here. I think it was a knee-jerk defensive thing because... We've since had, and I don't think it's in the news articles, but we've since had Tony Khan um, acknowledging basically that the women's division isn't where it should be. Um, and it's like, well, instead of being defensive, he's just gone, yeah, you're right. And like, we need to work on that. And they clearly are, because some of the things that happened in full gear, which I won't spoil right here, suggest that they are trying to do something big with the women's division. Mm-hmm. Very big. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I don't think his comments were accurate. And probably an unnecessary shot taken there. Look what you're making us do, Cody. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> so, next one I've got, Carl, is um, Chris Jericho. And I want to stress, first of all, by saying, I love Chris Jericho. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Always has been. He's been a great time. All growing up, you know, he was always a, a noticed wrestler. You know, Undertaker was obviously my favorite, but Jericho was always entertaining, always a highlight of the show. Every time he made a comeback, I was made up with it. You but, can even, um, Anthony, they can even check out, if you haven't done it already, the Legacy of the Champion special edition true. episode we did about Chris Jericho. Because you find that on YouTube. he's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So we made a point of even talking about how good Chris Jericho is because like the, the work he's done with AEW, straight out of the gate, you could not be in awe of the man when it comes to wrestling. However, however, he's decided in the last week to get himself in a little bit of bother by uh, being political, <laughs> which ironically was from a tweet that started, I'm not a political person. And then he proceeded to be one. But um, basically, he's come under a lot of fire from, from fellow wrestlers, from everyone, actually. Um, so we, obviously, when... Um, again, we, we'll try not to get political, but I'm just going to say it as I say it, right? When Trump was losing and, you know, ranting about fraud and so on like that, as, as Trump likes to do, um, Jericho put a tweet up saying, I'm not a political person, but it's, is it strange to anybody else that for the first time ever... We have to wait a day, two days, five days, 10 days to find out who won the presidential race. Now, the first one that was rather eloquently pointed out by none other than Lance Storm, who, you know, really close friends with Jericho, Hmm. was um, basically a response saying the 2000 election took a month to finally be decided. Not exactly the first time ever. I cut promos about this in WCW and then he done the emoji that's like that. So um, firstly, Chris was inaccurate. This isn't the first time ever that it's took that long to count these things. No. but then, similarly, he's come under a lot of other responses. Uh, we had MVP just simply putting, delete this. <laughs> Nothing else needed. Uh, we had uh, CM Punk going for that um, 
meme of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants with uh, "I'm not a political person" wrote in like uppercase and lowercase. lowercase. And, uh, yeah, whatever that meme is. Uh, he's he's more down with the kids than I am. Whatever that means. Um, and just a series of other sponsors from people. I think Kevin Owens put one out there. Um, again, Big Swole done a similar thing to Lance Storms, where she's put it put it there, saying like to her knowledge, this is the second time. Um, and then you know to answer your question, it's not strange, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so there's been a lot of people, a lot of people not happy. Uh, some people even pointed out it's like the last time it happened was 2000. You think that'd be a, a year that Jericho would remember being Y2J and all? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, he seems to have uh, maybe put his foot in his mouth this time. And you know, for someone to last week we reported on the fact that he donated up to like what I was saying about three thousand did I say at the time mm. to Trump's campaign to this week putting a tweet out there saying I'm not political when it's quite evident you are. Um and I, you know, each to their own beliefs. So I'm not gonna, you know, get on at him for, for supporting Trump. Um especially because it's not really our opinion. He's not our president. But um yeah, it seems he's come under a fair bit of fire, Carl. Have you read some of these? It's, it makes for good reading. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I think the uh... The whole Lance Storm one was the most surprising to me <laughs> because hmm. those guys are like best friends. Like they've known each other forever. Like like they, they started their wrestling journey together. So hmm. for him to kind of come out and be like, oh, fucking hell, Chris, with a fucking emoji like this is kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> to be honest though, like, do you not think his was the like, it wasn't like calling him or berating him. He was pointing no, out I, a fact and yeah. then going, I even like... Almost like in a like a, a in a way that a friend would be in like I even cut promos about this in WCW, Chris. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, like no, I think remember, you know what I mean. So, all around this emoji that made me think, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know, like what have you done? Um, so I was more yeah. more surprised by that. But no, I think you know evidently he's not that political person. You know, he might support Trump. Okay, fair dues. That's your prerogative, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you've donated to his campaign. Cool. But like <laughs> to then be like, well, I'm not a political person, but and then just jump on the bandwagon of something you don't really understand or have any prior knowledge of. Or you know, something you didn't be... actually spend five minutes researching. Well, exactly. Storm. <laughs> so you're bound to be slightly susceptible to criticism. So yeah, you know, it's not been the best of weeks, shall we say, for Jericho. But, you know, we love him. We think he's a absolute legend. And, you know, let's just not mix politics with wrestling. <laughs> and you know what, right? And this isn't me trying to flip it as a way to commend Jericho. But isn't it nice the way even people from AEW were able to say stuff to him? Yeah. If that was Vince McMahon, Big Swall wouldn't have a job now. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, if it was Vince McMahon anyway, she wouldn't have a fucking job, would she? Let's be honest. Well, Any yeah, that's true. But uh, no, um, joke aside, I'm not trying to, trying to deflect on that moment about WWE. He, uh, that was a stupid comment. It was a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, Carl, do you want to hit us with some real news? Some real news, guys. So, we now know the reason... Mercedes Martinez decided no longer being in retribution. And the reason is she's morning. <laughs> Basically. Go. That is that is the story. Um so yeah. And what a wise decision that was. I bet you should not regret that one little bit. <laughs> you may remember, um, obviously when they were kind of going up to the whole who are these people kind of thing, there was loads of people as part of it. Um and eventually we kind of dwindled it down to like six or seven people, and one of those was Mercedes Martinez. Um, and she was, by all accounts, meant to be one of the ones who were going to form part of that faction when it made its way into, you know, what it is today as, as retribution. Um, but then we noticed she just kind of disappeared a little bit. Um, and just <laughs> A little bit. Literally replaced with Ali. <laughs> yeah, completely replaced. Um, and, you know, the only woman left in the group was Mia, Mia Yim, or Reckoning, as she is now known. 
Or me um, to the referee. But we'll, yeah, we spoke about that. Or Mia. Mia. Yeah, Mia. <laughs> Mia. Mia. I mean, reckoning. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, apparently uh, the, the rationale behind it was she exercised um, her rights to say that uh, she has no desire whatsoever to be uh, part of the angle anymore. Um, was therefore removed from the group um, ahead of them kind of getting there on the show. So, yeah, interesting one. Quietly, you know, quite a small one. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because she's probably just gone, do you know what? Fuck this. Like, do I want to be part of Retribution? No. <laughs> I find it interesting that this this has come up the week after we watched um, Mia Yim throw a fake fit of some sort in the ring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That could have been you, girl. That could have been you. Think of it. <laughs> you missed out on some, some uh, you know, main big show screen time there. Yeah. <sighs> so next one, Carl. Um, sadly, the news is sort of written this week to take a major downturn, unfortunately, because the next couple are a bit grim. So, first one. As we all know, the former WWE wrestler Alberto Del Rio, or currently known as Alberto El Patron, if I'm correct in saying that, Carl, yeah. um, has been accused following obviously everything that's happened with him being indicted for the kidnapping and aggravated assault and the like. Uh, he's been accused by um, Soraya Knight, Bevis, uh, Page of WWE, um, saying that um, basically he was physically abusive to her during their relationship. Um, obviously, they were together some years ago. Um, uh, one of the quotes she said is, it's like it's up to six, seven hours a day. You're literally trapped in a certain room and you're getting your ass beat every couple of minutes. You know what I mean? Now, um, Del Rio has actually responded to it um, and come back and said that it was totally the other way around. And he has evidence, not just words. Um, and it's one of them where you go, it's kind of true to form with what we're finding out about Del Rio at the minute. But um, surprise them once to sort of suddenly come up now. And I'm not, not trying to have a go at Paige by any means if she's been through mm. that. It's horrendous. But uh, um, yeah, it's certainly turned into this um, almost tip with that kind of moments between them. What do you make mm. of this one, Carl? Is it, it seems a bit, I suppose the timing's probably a bit unusual, isn't it? I mean, by all accounts, their relationship was volatile, to say the least. Like there was mm. things at like airports where they'd been fighting each other, where Paige had done stuff to Del Rio, where Del Rio had done stuff to Paige. Um, yeah, it just like it clearly was at a time where I don't know, both of them clearly had some issues, and you know, yep. it seems like and massive respect to her. It seems like Paige has completely done a U turn and she's you know, in such a, a better kind of frame of mind and such a yeah, and often I think she recently path. put on on her social media about um, about sort of the like where she is now. And yeah. um and sort of how proud she is of herself and that. Yeah, I and, mean, you know, fair enough. Yeah, she's she like you say she's had some dark times. So, like you know, to be completely true and like to like shoot the shit, she has had an awful couple of years. Like because she she's only known wrestling since she was like thirteen years old. That's all yeah. she's ever done. She's gone to WWE. She made like the you know that's a dream. She's made it to the top. That's the thing. You know, that is we saw the, the movie. <laughs> we saw the movie. We that saw was the her movie. brother's dream. And, you know, it eventually became hers and she made it. Her brother didn't. There was family stuff there. There was all that guilt. There was her going to a brand new country and trying to, you know, adapt to this. On her own. Exactly. You know. Completely on her own. Really young. What, 21? If that. Going over there and, you know, kind of falling in with some bad stuff to then have, you know, later on have, you know, videos released of things and, 
you know, all that kind of stuff that happened to her and like, you know, the whole defamation of character type stuff. And then, you know, to, to lose her wrestling career and like, you know, fucking like, to be honest, man, living your life for wrestling and then having a career ending injury is enough to send you off the deep end. You know what I mean? She's had it happen to her twice as well. Yeah. Um, No, she has been through some shit, man. No, hundred percent. And like, you know, it's very evident to me that she's kind of come back, you know, with, you know, all credit to her. She's just come back through all that stuff and been, you know, a bright and, you know, amazing kind of character um, during this time. And like all the stuff she's doing on Twitch, you know, the stuff for charity and trying to make the best of all the kind of situations. And yeah, I just think. And to be fair, because you could see, you could see how much Twitch means to her the other day when we were talking last week about, about the issues she's having with WWE over that. Um, yeah. But like how emotional she got with that, you can see just how much it all means to her. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'll take your point. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think, um, yeah, obviously not not nice reading um, to hear, no. you know, from both and sides. And I'm not trying to put, like like you say, because it's one word against another, so I'm not trying to, like, you know, you don't know. You don't know. And like you say, it was probably volatile on both sides during mm. the relationship. But um, Del Rio concentrating on arguing about this right now, bit of an unusual focus point there. Yeah, a little you bit. Know, some, uh, some more pressing issues to deal with. Yeah, maybe a few. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately we don't stray away from Paige uh, for too long so the next news story is also about her and it's a it's another sickening one to be honest so you know not too long ago yeah this is proper buddy in this isn't it really yeah so like not too long ago we had a situation with Sonya Deville um, and Mandy Rose by all accounts where um, you know they were at Sonya's house and there was a guy who turned up and you know, was planning to do whatever. Um, and obviously that, that whole kind of situation has been happening over the last few months. Um, well, unfortunately, um, something similar has sort of happened to Paige um, in the last couple of days where basically a stalker has showed up outside her home. Um, and so, and I don't want to shit all over this, the guy she's dating us at the minute, but there's two very different, shall we say, like reactions to this. So, you know, Paige has basically been like, you know, I've just had the scariest thing ever. Um, I've been told, uh, like, you know, this guy's like stalking me. He came to the house and said the symbols have, have led him to us. Um, basically, Ronnie got him and, and put him in a hold until the police got here. What is wrong with people? Thank God Ronnie was around to protect our house. Jesus. Um, to which Ronnie's version of, of this is, you know, a stalker had the audacity to come to my door. He got his ass handed to him until the police arrived. And save the day. I will fucking kill you. Please don't make me kill you. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> Two different viewpoints on this a little bit. Right. But um yeah. I'm gonna start by saying, right, Ronnie Drake is almost famous for being an outspoken dickhead, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he seems to to I don't know if it's character or whether it's real life, but he seems to automatically have a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like he'll automatically dislike people that, you know, and, um, you know, it's part of this whole heavy metal image. I don't know. Right. But that's as much as I'm going to say. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to call him. I don't know him as a person. I know what you get to see in the media. What I will say is, you know, fair play to him. He's dealt with a very difficult situation, dealt with it quickly and he's made her feel safe. So, However, he's chose to wear it, whether it was stupidly just to make himself look like I would kill that man. Okay, whatever. Um, But the fact of the matter is, you know, it was handled and handled well. So I'll give him that credit. I will. I'd be more worried about the two big fucking dogs they have. But either way, it was handled and it was handled well. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, definitely, I don't want to like, again, it's not like a a defamation of character to him. I think, 
if anything's happened oh, no, to it's our families, difficult we because would, like <laughs> we would probably react the same like who the fuck are you get out of my house kind of thing but oh yeah no it's just i don't know when you when you're a public figure and you're on social media like that and it, she's worded it rather well and give him all the credit in the world and you go god he's you know he's really looked after his, his family there uh and then he goes on he's like i'll fucking kill you man and you're like yeah yeah maybe stick with the the one page put up eh? <laughs> yeah. it's just i don't know, uh, I don't know. it's just the, just the way he likes to talk i suppose but yeah i think unless he was tweeting this at the time he felt those things it was probably appropriate to just not tweet that um yeah but yeah <laughs> you know fair play anyway that you know the most important thing is they're all safe yeah. like who knows why this fucking person showed up at the house and was chatting shit about symbols Do you know what like them. this is the bit that worries me is like why is there suddenly an increase in like insane stalkers for female wrestlers fuck knows like i know reddit can be a bad place but you know not that bad <laughs> going on why are they all starting to leave the house and, and i'm only, i'm sorry shouldn't make a joke um by the yeah, way reddit no, we love you we do Honestly, love you, we do love you reddit we do but <laughs> wrong side what side this side what? no what you side? pointed you did it right this one okay you did it. but no um it's a strange strange world we live in. hopefully this is the last we hear of, of crazy stalkers for a while yeah fucking hell hopefully. we've reported about crazy stalkers on uh, our podcast a lot more than i ever thought we would and i kind of need that to like not be a thing like I didn't think we would be doing reports on stalkers and murderers. You know, we were like, yeah, do you know what? We're just a nice happy podcast about wrestling. Nice little happy podcast. We'll chat through some wrestling shows and then, yeah. And then oh. it's like, Marty Gennetti killed a guy again. <laughs> again? He didn't. he didn't. Sorry, guys. Oh, right. So I thought you meant after the other. So. No, it was, it, was, it was an example. You know, artistic license cars. I was, I was pretty. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so never um, you never know. Let's let's uh, let's bring it back to some more silly stuff, right? So, um, as you can tell, it's been a bit of a quiet news week because we're talking about Twitter, uh, or I am anyway. Carl's actually putting some real hard hitting stuff out there. <laughs> so we had uh, quite recently a nice little um, back and forth, and I honestly don't know whether these two get along and they're just busting each other, or or whether they don't get along and it was a nice little spat. I, uh, I'll never know. But um, basically, um, the big guy Ryback put up a an old picture i assume or he's sorry he's responded to a picture that's um nick name or is it nemeth i'm gonna go with the the wrestler names before i messed this up totally so Dolph ziggler put up a picture of of his old high school wrestling team it would appear um and the big guy um put up a a response that i i I don't know the uh the lingo car but it didn't seem like he was uh you know having a pop but he puts uh bridges before bitches so i i don't know i don't know whether that was meant to be offensive or not um, but uh, Ziggler made a point of responding saying they called me Goldberg because everyone hated wrestling me and um, this was like seen as a bit of a shot at, at the um, obviously the, the comparison that they've made with Ryback and um, and Goldberg over the years and um, Ryback's response was I've never heard those chants was too busy listening to the buildings roar and shake with my trademark feed me more um, what's next for Ziggy Michaels obviously referencing that uh, he's a Shawn Michaels ripper <laughs> And then he's put um, sitting in gorilla, working under Pussy Paul's developmental program. So um, that was a bit more cutting. So um, yeah, it seems that they were having a little bit of a spat on Twitter, Carl. So it's not not much of a news article, but it does lead me to wonder: are these guys friends or not? <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? You know, by all accounts, they are very close friends, and they like to just have a bit of a beef on Twitter every now and yeah, again. It was more that last response from Ryback that makes you go, "That that seemed a little yeah. bit." A little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. He's not exactly doing much at the minute, old Ziggles, but um, still, you don't point it out. Jeez. So that's all I've got for that one, Carl. You're next. <laughs> okay, so the next one. 
Um, so basically, Serena Deeb, um, the new NWA Women's Champion, has come out and spoken around the future of the relationship between AW and NWA. Um, and so she's recently interviewed and basically um, she's kind of said it, it's like an interesting situation. So it's kind of harping back to the old school territory days. Um, mm. So it seems like it's quite an open relationship that they've got. Um, and they're trying to kind of get past the whole monopoly that WWE put on wrestling where, you know, mm. this is the only place to see it. Like if you think back to the old school territory days, you would have, you'd hear of guys down in this place or that place. Like imagine if you were, I don't know, you were someone who was in New York and you were hearing down in Memphis that you had Andre the Giant or something. You know what I mean? Like you'd be like, oh, mm. fucking hell. There's a guy who's like eight feet tall and, and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, it's eight points. Definitely like an old school mentality and something which drummed up a lot of interest. And it seems like, you know, and it was pretty much evident on the latest episode, uh, or rather the pay per view on Full Gear. They were referencing a lot of different companies. I think they referenced, um, Impact, you know, New Japan, um, fucking everyone, basically Ring of Honor, everybody that you could think of, um, that they, you know, NWA, they all got referenced. Um, and it's kind of, it seems as though, and especially with uh, Serena's comments, that maybe they are trying to kind of have that weird little partnership, um, like of the old school days where you've got people who are, you know, they're within their own territories, so like NWA or whatever, but they have this working relationship where you can start to share that talent around and it only benefits both companies, both performers and so on and so forth. And, yeah. you know, it's something we've seen with Thunder. Like Thunder Rosa is, you know, when we saw her for the first time properly um, in AW, we were just like, holy shit, this girl has got something. Um, yeah. You know, luckily since then we've been able to go on and interview her and, and like find out more about her and like follow yeah. her career. And now we're friends the show. Well, exactly. She's a friend of the show and, you know, the, she's doing incredible work. And um, there's another news article coming up in a minute about even more incredible work she's doing. But, you know, obviously Mission Pro, um, you know, the work she's doing NWA, stuff like that. Obviously, she's doing MMA as well. Like, she's phenomenal. And we got introduced to her properly via the AEW umbrella where, yes. you know, we wouldn't have had the time to prop. Like, I was aware of NWA power. I think, Anthony, you know, it's probably fair to say you went following it like at all, maybe really. I was no, that's fair. It because of Wade Barrett, because of um, what's his face? I can't remember the fuck is the main main guy. Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. Maybe maybe you are. Maybe you are following it. You know, maybe you no, are. Well, um, I was like, to to Thunder at the time when we interviewed yeah. her. Like she's the reason I started watching NWA Power. Exactly. And I'm not that far in, but I've started. I, I'm now aware of it and I have started watching it because of it. Where I can, like you say, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's hard to fit the time in when they're about. Well, exactly. You know, um, and, you um, know, maybe it's like slightly different for us because we ha we are committed to watching the big four shows and yeah. we've got families and lives and work and jobs and all these other things that we have to do. But, you know, at the same time, it was amazing to see someone that we typically wouldn't have seen without, you know, that exposure and, I just think it's amazing because we've seen so many people who, you know, are so talented that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to have seen. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's amazing. Because um, I'm right in saying, isn't Alison Kay, who Serena yeah. for a full gear, isn't she an, an NWA talent? Yeah, she's a former um, champ as well. Um, so she's, again, someone that I've not been super well-versed um, of, of seeing. But 
at the same time put on like a fantastic show. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I just think um, it sounds really promising because I think this is a really smart move from AEW's point of view. Mm. And I think this is a brilliant way of addressing the the lack of female wrestlers, especially because as much as we you know we're talking about this relationship, they've not used it in in a lot of ways other than like you know it's not like we've seen Nick Aldis rock up on AEW because yeah. they don't need that right now. They needed the women, and you know I this might be um, heavily disputed. But in my opinion, Thunder Rosa is the best women's wrestler out there right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't care. I know she's not as mainstream. I know some people will cite Bailey or Sasha Banks or, or people who are really well known worldwide on WWE. But as far as like work rate, passion, and ability, I don't think she's comparable at all. No, and I think it's crazy. You know, we we spoke to her as well. She's only been in this game a few years. Yeah, it was like far... four, five years nearly. Yeah, and like to see how far she's come. Um, mm. Is incredible. It really is, and yeah. you know, I, I will, I will firmly agree. I think she's one of the best things about women's wrestling in the world today, and she's super talented, and she's super driven, and she's got so many things coming up. And you know, like you already said, like jokingly and stuff, but like she's a friend of the show. But at the same time, that is not why we're saying this. Like, legitimately, if you've not seen Thunder Rosa, go and check her out because she is transcending women's wrestling and the stuff she's yeah. doing for the women in the sport. Like being able to like mission pro and being able to teach them like promos and being able to get them in front of the camera. And like, she's doing such amazing work and, you know, I just think the whole partnership that has happened um, has been incredible. And as, as Serena was saying in in her interview is, you know, you know, especially around that women's roster, as, as you've like alluded to there, Anthony, is that it, it was one of the main driving factors and, you know, she's excited about it as well because it gets her, more yep. competition because instead of just having like this small, you know, community of women in, in NWA that she'd be limited to, she gets to go and transcend herself onto AEW and, you know, like vice versa. So, well, I'm a little, um, yeah, hopefully you can clarify this, Michael. I'm a little confused about Serena Deeb's status because I always thought she was contracted to AEW anyway. So, I'm but now she's sure. the NWA women's champion. So, I'm like, <laughs> was she? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did a Serena Deeb's All Elite graphic. Yeah. Um, which would mean that, yes, she has got a contract with them. But yeah, that's, at the that's same time, I think there's a lot of guys in AW who have got contracts that also allow them to work for other companies. I mean, we've seen the, the evidence with them um, previously. I don't know what the status is now because of the way the world is. But mm-hmm. we saw that Chris had the autonomy to go and work in New Japan, as yeah. did Kenny Omega. Um, so that relationship was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, yeah, you make a good point. There's no reason that you can't be contracted and still do this, but because I was at the time, I was like, this is crazy that they've put the um, NWA Women's Title on an AEW member. Yeah, and it wasn't even an AEW show. What is going on? It was MLW, wasn't it? Is it MLW? I don't even know. Prime Time, wasn't it? Whatever, whoever. Prime Time Wrestling. Prime time. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was like, I always thought she was AEW until this recent stuff, and now I'm like, is she? I don't even know. <laughs> Either way, we're seeing more. We're seeing more people, more awesome people, and the women's roster really does need a shot in the arm from AEW. It's one of the only criticisms I give to the show. Oh, it's my turn. So, speaking of um, of people in AEW, Cal, <laughs> um, Tony Khan has uh, been asked recently about the fact that um, obviously not no spoilers for Full Gear, but um, well, let's say I'll, I'll give you subtle spoilers for Full Gear. Let's just say the weather <laughs> at Full Gear was horrendous. Yeah. We had we had. You know, tons of thunder and hurricanes, but then it got a little bit sunny. I don't know if sunny was in it, but there you go. I tried to make the, the reference keep going. Um, joking aside, we saw um, 
Hurricane and Gangrel of all people. I did not expect to see Gangrel at all. No. Um, in, involved in the in the Matt Hardy, I'm going to call it a cinematic, is is match with uh, the final deletion with uh, Sammy Guevara, and we saw them rock up as part of the whole thing. And this has begged the question: Are we going to see more of them in AEW? So the question was put to Tony Khan: Are we going to see more of them in AEW? Tony turns around, looks at me just like this, and he says, "No." <laughs> um, and yeah, that that is basically it. Sadly, um, he said that he is totally open to working with them in in the future. That's you know, that's you know, the legends they're worth it, right? But are they in his immediate plans? No. Sadly, no. So it won't be anytime soon, but he is never closing the door on working with them in the future. And I think, to be honest, it's, it's down to that whole... I don't think Tony Khan sought them out and gone, Matt, you need to put these in this skit. It was a Matt thing. Yeah. And I think if Matt has use for them, Tony's never going to object. So that's not to say we're not going to see them in the future. Well, you know, there was a there was a part in the whole uh, segment where basically it was um, alluding to the previous one of these that Matt Hardy had had. And Hurricane was like, it's been two and a half years, man. And <laughs> Matt Hardy was like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I had to get over to AW and, you know, get over there and stuff. It like, <laughs> so it was just so fun. Uh, it was a nice little nod, that, to be fair. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so sadly, uh, a lot of people are excited to see these legends um, and hopefully we do see them again. But as far as storylines go, as far as seeing them in the ring, as far as seeing them regular on AW, probably not the case. But again, I still hold out hope that, you know, he does leave Matt and, and Jericho and, and many others with, with that creative freedom. And if there's some way they can be worked into it, he is definitely not against the idea. So it's, yeah and no, maybe. Possibly, potentially. <laughs> Who knows? Eventually. Um, so the next one is just a kind of a small one, but noteworthy nonetheless. So we've spoken about AW games in the past. Um, so Kenny Omega has been quite overt um, around obviously what's going on there. He's a big gaming fanatic. Um, hence, um, to answer one of your previous questions around why he's called the cleaner, we now know why he's called the cleaner is because on the old, he's, a, he's an avid gamer and back during the day, he used to play cartridge games and he used to clean the cartridge. That's why he's called the cleaner. You heard it here first. Um, Carl, did you know he is such an avid gamer that he has actually turned up on Up, Up, Down, Down, which is hosted by Xavier <laughs> Woods know, actually. on WWE. No, was it a while they ago? Held, they, it was a while ago. It was before AEW was a thing, mm. but they held like a bit of a gaming tournament. And we had, I think, Matt and Nick Jackson turned up for it as well. It was sort of not WWE related, but it was. They had the entrance to different as boss. You should watch it. Okay. I know that um, Omega and Xavier Woods have had a, a few different things going on around the gaming community. But um, yeah, so this was literal. Like, I don't know how the competition worked, but they, you know, one of them picked the game and they went head to head against each other. Um, and it's all still available on his on his Up Up Down Down YouTube channel. If anyone's interested in watching Kenny Omega go up against WWE Xavier Woods, you know, one on one contest on a computer. I am, I am <laughs> interested in seeing that. Um, but yeah, so obviously uh, there's been a few things now alluded to around, you know, AW having a video game, maybe being based on the N64 engine um, for No Mercy and so on and so forth. Um, and hopefully as of tomorrow, which is Tuesday for us, um, Tuesday, November the 10th, it will be, um, is AW are going to release to their YouTube channel a special AEW Games event. Now, there's belief that it's not just the one game. So um, a few people have like spoken about this. Tony Khan, um, Omega, etc. have kind of alluded to. Basically, they've said that there's going to be a console game that will be multi-platform. That will be across multiple consoles. But there's also... A mobile game. <laughs> they've also alluded to a mobile game. And 
they've actually copyrighted um, all elite wrestling, elite general manager and elite GM. So there is a lot of um, fantasy booking kind of speculation that there'll be some. It's one sort of the of things game. I used to love about the old SmackDown games that we don't get now. Well, yes, if you remember back in on. the day, we had um, you know Extreme Wrestling or whatever it's called, or Total Extreme Wrestling, like all that kind of stuff, where you do these simulated, like kind of simulated Visual Basic games where you could, and like I used to do loads of stuff with them. I even like was. I'm speaking to the guy who created them at the time and stuff and all all that good stuff. So, you know, I've been a massive um, fantasy booking fan for a long, long time. So if they manage to do something with this, then I'm I'm very interested to see what could happen. Yeah. It'd be like having a football manager for you, wouldn't it? It would. Would it be? Would it be? Um, But I'm, I'm glad you've mentioned a few of these things, Carl, because to be honest with you, based on the posts, the YouTube and the name, I was like, I really hope this isn't one of them things where everyone's expecting video game, but they've never actually said video game. And it was going to be like, ah, welcome to the AEW games. And it's like shot put and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm glad that it's, it, it's a, that this is definitely going to be a video game announcement because I don't oh, yeah. want to see an event called the AEW games. I really we hope so. Although now that you've said it, I definitely do want to see an event called the AEW games. Just not, uh, not, <laughs> not now when we're waiting on a video game. Yeah. I saw a tweet, not to die, not to go off on a tangent, but I, I'd like your opinion on this, Carl, because um, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it, right? Because people like to like to hate, right? It seems to be a popular thing on Twitter and 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 certain other places where they like to hate, regardless, right? So someone, I want to say, might have even been, um, no, it wasn't Rebel. Is it Rebel, not Reba, on Twitter that she calls herself? Yeah, she's Rebel. I want to make sure I got that the right way around. Rebel, right? Yeah. Um, she put up. Um, saying, you know, go on, go on to the YouTube, subscribe, like the post, follow AEW Games. And so a lot of the comments were kind of negative and one of them stuck out to me and it was, she was saying, oh, oh this is probably just going to be as successful as the um, the action figures, like as a negative. And I'm like, weren't the action figures like massively successful? They're super though? successful, yeah. So then people were coming back to her going, what, the ones that sold out and you can't get your hands on? Those action figures. And she's like, yeah, but well, that's only because they didn't make enough. And it's like, when do you, when do you win? Like, yeah. So they didn't they didn't make enough, so they still failed. And I'm like, what the fuck is the perspective on this? Like, I would get the action figures if we could get them. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, there is a demand for them, and and it's not being met. But they're not a failure, surely not. Mm. Crazy talk. Just a silly tweeter, I would say. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that one out because I was like, am I missing something? Because there's no way they're unsuccessful. Then figures. No way. Anyway, I'm getting the game. It's all good. So next one, Carl. Do you remember a while back when? Um, I think some people were happy with it, but you and me certainly weren't when um, they split up the Iconics mm. for some reason. And then it was it was heavily reported that Vince McMahon, he, he's quite keen on old Peyton, and uh, he's going to give her a singles push, and the other one can, can I don't know, do whatever, mull around the back somewhere. Um, so he was all in, you know, he's got, not to quote AEW, he's all in, right? He's, he's all behind uh, Peyton, he's going to push her to the moon, she's going to be the next big thing, et cetera, et cetera. And then... She ended up in a tag team with Lacey Evans for no reason. So now it's being reported, and this is another one of Meltzer's, so pinch of salt, if you will, that um, Vince McMahon has now changed his mind on Peyton Royce and has acknowledged that there are not enough um, female tag teams to for the female tag team division, funnily enough, which I've been moaning about for a while myself. Um, so he is going to push forward with Lacey and Peyton Royce as a tag team, and she's not going to get a singles push anymore. So this really is not much of a news article, but it is a moment to fucking moan because the Iconics were an awesome tag team. 
they had a lot of potential. They worked really well. What the fuck have you done, Vince? Why I'm have you done this, fuming. Vince? I'm fucking fuming. <laughs> what, what, what was this? What was this, Carl? We spent, <sighs> what, months? I'll be fair to say weeks, but I feel like it was months splitting up the Iconics. They'd not long come back. They had a little bit of a push. We split them up for no fucking reason. We put the titles on two people who aren't really even that good as, as a tag team. And now we're slapping together two people who, like, Lacey was better as a single star. She was established yeah. as a single star. We Lacey have both said is a future that she is, champ. There you go. Like that, you've said it before Sorry. on this podcast. She is it? No, no, that's exactly what I was going to allude to. You've said it before, and you will say it again that she she is a future champion in the biz. She didn't need to be in a tag team. No. And the annoying thing is they're going for this the exact same thing they're doing with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with this mix. You know they don't get along to the odd couple. Like how many times do we need to see this shit? Why not just push forward with the iconics? Or right again, no spoilers, no spoilers. But we've recently had someone turn up on SmackDown to lay challenge to Sasha Banks. You'll be aware of that, Carl. Yeah. So if you were going to have somebody challenge Sasha Banks out of nowhere, why not Peyton? Why not go ahead with the singles push? Mm. Why not move her to SmackDown and give her a chance? Would have been a better choice than the person you went with. No offense to the person you went with. <laughs> mm. yeah. This is just an absolute fucking mess. And this, this just shows, this to me is the example of why when people try and defend WWE storyline-wise, you go, this is how you can't have storylines. This is where this long-term booking goes to shit because Vince will change his mind and then that's that. It, it, total fuck-up. Total fuck-up, Carl. That's all I want to say on the Total fuck-up. Um, so hopefully, what well, won't be a total fuck-up. Um, so there's been an announcement from Tony Khan um, that we can expect a lot of things over the December and January period in AEW. Um, he's basically come out and um, he's announced Beach Break for January, which... I'm guessing it's the new Bash at the Breach. Uh, Bash at the Bash at the Breach. Bash at the Breach. Bash at the Beach. Um, so I'm guessing it's the new version of that because uh, I'd have loved it if it had gone for like scuffle in the sand or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, right, t-shirt guys, scuffle in the sand. We need to make it happen. Um, but yeah, so obviously we're now going to have beach break which doesn't really make that much sense but I'm assuming obviously Cody lost his um, I don't know, don't know what, what you call it his it wasn't really a lawsuit it was his copyright trademark battle case oh yeah yeah he, he, um, I think he I don't know how whether it was a like a, a battle per se but I think he applied for the trademark and didn't get it yeah or something. so obviously we had AW's Bash of the Beach um, a while ago um, because the WWE didn't renew it and it was kind of free. So they did it and then it was like, okay, I'm going to trademark that. He's like, no, you can't because it's a bit similar to The Bash and there's WCW stuff. And he's like, yeah, my dad did it. And they're like, yeah, ultimately it didn't get granted. Um, so I don't know whether that is the new version of Bash at the Beach, but mm. Beach Break sounds a bit shit. Um, it's so it's a bit of a shame. Not ideal. Um, but also Tony Khan has come out and said, actually, we've got some really big dynamites coming up and some very big events in December. So I don't know whether they're going to do some kind of special... Obviously, they've been doing this kind of trend um, pre-pandemic where they would go in with, like, different named dynamites. Obviously, they wanted to yeah. have Blood and Guts. They wanted to have... You know, we had Bash at the Beach, which is a, which is a dynamite thing, I think. So We had that one on Jericho's cruise ship. That was fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, um, there's some fun, exciting things to look forward to in December as well from the dynamite umbrella so love it look forward to that 
See, I don't know how copyright works. Could they not have even gone with like Battle at the Beach and see if they got away with that? No idea. Scuffle and the Sand be... is still, still the one for me. <laughs> Good time. Right, so next one, Carl. Obviously, I need to talk some more about my fave, right? So, Thunder Rosa, right? This next one is the fact that her and uh, former WWE legend Jazz are apparently opening a um, a dojo, which I believe is called DP Dojo. They've put it in as Phenom Jazz, right? So obviously, a lot of people dog, remember Jazz. It's called it. Dog Pound Dog Pound Dojo. Is it Dog Pound Dojo? Oh yeah, you're you're quite right. Apologies, Cal. My bad news reporting right there. So um, you know, this is again just a further arm to this whole push she's doing for women in wrestling really as part of um, everything she's done with uh, mission pro wrestling we now have this um this dojo which i mean she's uh, even in the the interviews we we had with her that she mentioned jazz a couple of times i think mm-hmm. she's been heavily involved in mission pro and and a lot of their um performance work anyway hasn't she so it just makes yeah. a bit of sense really uh and an exciting new challenge among the many other challenges that she's got but, um, she likes to be busy. She, she likes to be busy. But um, I mean, this this hopefully can only be a good thing, and it'll help sort of push and bring new talent in. And you know, I'll I'll be honest. Like you might remember Jazz better than I do, because um, it was it was sort of your your era of wrestling more than it was mine. But um, like she, obviously, she was a, a legend in in the business, and has got a, a ton to offer. So yeah, it'd be uh, be an interesting one to see. How do you, what do you think of this one, Carl? I think it's awesome. I think, you know, it's another feather in the cap of Thunder. You know, she's done so much to give back to the business. Um, and to think she's only like a few years in, really. Um, the amount she's doing is amazing. And Jazz was phenomenal. You know, she came in with Rodney Mack um, at the time and then kind of had her own breakout moment as, you know, um, in the women's division and becoming women's champion and stuff. Had a, a number of feuds with Trish, Victoria, those kind of guy, uh, girls from that from that era. So, yeah, I just think um, she's phenomenal. She's done loads of the business. Thunder Rosa is, you know, a fucking maverick for what she's doing so early in the game. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing to see them two team together. I think they're both Texas-based. Um, yeah, yeah. And thus, you know, that might be in how they've kind of sparked their friendship. And, yeah, I just think it's great to see. And it's great to give women the opportunity to get in the business you know, Thunder's already doing this with Mission Pro um, from a how to perform and that kind of thing. But then, you know, a step before that of how to train and that I kind of stuff is thing, great. And this is where, where jazz is going to be the, the sort of the key elements because, like, and then this is no disrespect to Thunder, but jazz has got that that seniority and she, she's been in yeah. the game long enough. I think, I think exactly she's going to be the, uh, the, the head trainer for the, yeah. for the school. I, so. It makes a lot of sense because um, we've both mentioned, like, Thunder is like, she's an oddity in some senses because she hasn't been in it all that long. For where she is but um yeah it just makes sense that jazz is there as, as the head trainer like not that like thunder's not going to offer what she does but you know what i mean it's um she, she's definitely going to be a vital part a vital key to that that dojo but uh yeah not a great deal is known too much about it just yet but obviously um if you follow them on twitter the um as again twitter handle was uh dp dojo i believe and uh, oh sorry dp dojo 4l it's number 4l um but yeah, have a look and check it out and you can keep up to date with what they're doing, what schools they've got on. If you live in the area and you're a woman and you want to wrestle, then it's probably your place to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose as well, uh, you know, keep up to date on our social channels as well because as we find out more, obviously, you know, as we said, Thunder is a fan of the show. Um, she's a friend of the show. So, um, you know, we'll make yeah. sure that we support her in any way that we can. Obviously, hopefully, yeah, we'll, we uh, definitely have a bias. So, any, <laughs> maybe anytime she puts uh, something up and we want to support her, we will share it because we yeah. have a bias. 
Definitely. <laughs> um, and, you know, hopefully we can uh, get some time with Jazz as well in the future and just find out about her story, career as well. You know, I think that'd be awesome, to be fair. Yeah. Definitely need to try and get that. Um, Fun little hookers up. <laughs> so, the final news point for me, unless there's any more, um, not, not necessarily a huge one, or is it? Um, so, a former WWE wrestler is now set to return at Survivor Series. As long as it's not Shawn Michaels, I'm happy with it. <laughs> well, I can reveal that former WWE wrestler is none other than, you ready? Uh, Jimmy C. Savio Vega. Um, now, oh, really? I know I did that as like a, you know, uh, but actually, you know, Savio is pretty cool. Um, and by all accounts, him and Taker are, you know, really tight. You know, there was a time in WWE, EWF, I think it's probably more WWF, um, where there was like two factions. You had the Click, which is obviously Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Triple H, X Pac, whoever else the fuck was was there at that time as as part of those guys. Then you also had this other group. So it was like Undertaker. It was um, you know Savio Vega. It was like um, the Godfather. There was like there, there was a good number of like guys in that, and they called themselves the Bone Street Crew or BSK. And you might see they all got like tattoos and stuff at the time. Right. But by all accounts, Savio Vega is a massively close friend of Taker. So um, obviously Survivor Series is coming up and it's going to be Taker's last bow. Apparently, touch wood. I don't know whether I'm going to touch wood because I would like to see him at WrestleMania, but by all accounts, I just don't want to turn to Terry Funk where he retires about 20 times. But um, or this will be number three. <laughs> well, exactly. So apparently it's his last, last, last. Until next time, last bow. Um, obviously, Survivor Series would be the perfect place to do it, but he's not booked to have a match or anything. I think he's just going to show up and... I don't know, leave his hat in the ring again, maybe. But I don't know. I think the fact that Savio Vega's there, hopefully we'll see another kind of sleuth of guys of Taker's past who show up for the event and it becomes, you know, something, you know, really memorable. But yeah, yeah more just than a like, yeah. bit of an interesting one. Obviously, those guys go way back. Um, you know, if you, if you weren't watching wrestling at the time, Savio Vega was featured quite prominently in a couple of feuds. He even kind of sort of won the Intercontinental title, but didn't because of like <laughs> shenanigans. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, he's a really good guy. Um, and yeah, I want to take his close friends. So it's good to see him back as well. Who, um, who come up with, uh, was it Bone Street crew? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, no idea. I think for a while, I'm really keen on that name. Well, I've seen a few, um, a few promos from like, uh, Scott Hall and stuff who are taking the piss out of them because they thought it was based off a card game they used to play. Um, which is something that Jerry Lawler brought to town. Um, and then it was like, no, no, it's not that. We're called the Bone Street Crew. And then he was like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Um, so similar to yourself, yeah, I don't think anyone really knows. But <laughs> fun and game. Uh, it just feels like some sort of innuendo. Innuendo. Um, <laughs> put on that note, so that is the news, Anthony. 